Hello, everybody. Welcome to Becoming Better, the podcast dedicated to helping you become a better human being. I am the host of this year's show, Chris Bailey. This is episode number 22, The Power of Stepping Back. Well, now I feel like I'm on a beach. We are live on location for this episode in sunny Kingston, Ontario, Canada. Yeah, it's not sunny. We actually just got five centimeters of snow, and it feels like a winter wonderland here. It's It's one of those mornings when you wake up, you look outside your window, and you think, oh, shit, it snowed again. No, it's cozy. It's perfect for a cup of tea and, and a nice cozy sweater. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice morning record. I don't think we often record in the morning for no, the podcast. No, we don't, but we should. This is when I'm most productive. Yeah, this is, people have to let us know if this episode's any better than the <laughs> others. Uh, speaking of snow, let's talk about the opposite of snow, which is the sun, it's the heat, it's the warmth, it's sunny Jamaica. Yeah, so you are always doing these weird productivity things. What do you mean by that? Part of weird. The, the reason that I love being with you because you're always keeping oh. it interesting. Um, but the latest thing you're obsessed with right now is this whole idea of a think break. So I know you've gone on a few of these over the last couple of years. You just yes. got back from one. Um, recently, you just got back from one and you thought it would be a good thing to talk about on the podcast. Yeah, to, to make everybody envious that I was just on vacation. No, that, no honestly. It's a, it, this is something I, I love doing. The, you know, a while back, I, I realized that I was working on autopilot mode much more often than usual. Kind of, you, you know that mode when you work in response to what comes your way, uh, your email that comes in, that becomes your to-do list for the day. Uh, and, and I realized that I had fallen into uh, a sort of pattern of behavior in my work where I didn't manage my energy as much, uh, which led to the whole uh, weight loss experiment that we did. Uh, I was checking email and social media more frequently throughout the day. Uh, and even my meditation ritual began uh, to falter a little bit. And I realized the culprit was something interesting uh, that in my work, in my life, in my days, I had far less reflection time than I usually do. And so I, I thought wistfully a little bit to a, a yearly, uh, I think a twice yearly ritual that Bill Gates of all people has. Um, where he takes off to a cabin in the woods and he pours through as many studies and books about the future as he possibly can. And he credits this uh, time uh, with being able to come up with his best ideas. This is, um, I, you probably, did, I think this was before both of our time. This is kind of uh, folklore in, in Windows and technology world. But there was a time when he took off for one of these think weeks. He realized that the internet was the future of technology. He pivoted the entire company of Microsoft at the time, and that created, in large part, the dominance that they experience today. I'd never heard that story before. And he credits these weeks with being able to come up with ideas like that and being able to reflect, and he calls them his think week. And so I thought, okay, if Bill Gates can do something, anyone can... No, I'm just, <laughs> but but it's, it's kind of a good inspiration uh, for, for all of us that if Bill Gates, one of the busiest people on the face of the planet, has time to do this kind of stuff, maybe we do as well. You know, we spend so much time doing rather than reflecting, but it's sometimes during that uh, reflection time that we come up with our best ideas. 
Yeah. And I think most people will be able to relate to that. It seems like everybody has so much going on, or mm-hmm. I mean, at least they think they have they a lot think going they on. Do. Laura, I think this is kind of an aside, but Laura Vanderkam, one of her books, she Friend talks about- Friend of the about, show, Laura Vanderkam. Yeah, we love her. And we I've do. read all of her books and I think she, the stuff she does is amazing. So, but in one of her books, she does talk about how people tend to really overestimate how much they actually work. And when they actually use a time log, they find that they're only working seven to eight hours a day. But when they think about it and they, they're asked, how much? How many hours a work? Uh, how many hours a week do you work? They end up saying way more than seven to eight hours. Yeah. Um, so this is just a little aside. And, beep, and beep. if you look at the amount of real work that that somebody does over the course of the day, it's usually like three or four hours of real, actual work. Um, you know, we deep spend work, yeah, yeah, deep work. We we spend seven or eight hours, maybe nine or ten hours in the office. But if you look at the actual uh, amount of focused work, it's usually a lot less than that because we just don't have the capacity uh, to do much more. Yeah, so just try to be a little mindful. This is an aside, but definitely try to be mindful of how much time you actually have available to you. And you might find you have a lot more time than you think you do. Yeah, and there's also that phenomenon in productivity circles called Parkinson's Law. Have you heard of this? I have not. So if if you haven't heard of the the term, um, you probably have felt the effects of it, where Parkinson's Law essentially states that our work tends to expand to fit how much time we have available for its completion. And and so we have these three or four hours of real focused work every day, but we fill the rest of the time with meetings and social media and email and and kind of fake work uh, that masquerades and and thinks that, you know, we think we're doing real work, but in actuality, we're not doing much of importance, which goes back to the idea of the importance of reflection time. Yeah, and I, so I mean, actually, I had heard of that. I just forgot the name because yeah. I suck at names. But um, getting back to the point, think breaks. Anyone who follows you knows that you do experiments and that your experiments tend to be a little bit extreme. Um, and I think it's worth pointing out here that What these, do you mean ex- extreme? You literally lived in a basement for 10 days. <laughs> anyway. The opposite um, of living in Jamaica for a week. talk to anybody. But I think it's worth pointing out that these kinds of things are a good example of doing something more extreme than usual under perfect conditions. So like having a perfectly flexible schedule, no commitments, something like that. But for a lot of people, including myself, um, taking that amount of time off just to go think is probably unrealistic, especially if you live in North America and are unfortunately one of those people who only has two weeks of vacation a year. I don't have any, so I feel (laughs) you. Um, Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And this, this kind of speaks to the uh, curious side of doing doing an experiment like this one is nobody. I, I don't expect anybody to be able to create the conditions in their life uh, to do a Bill Gates inspired Think Week. You know, not everybody works for themselves and has you know more more flexibility than usual over their over their busy schedules. But the idea behind these experiments is okay. This is it's not scientific. You know, the the word experiment uh, is a bit of a misnomer because not everybody can do it. But at the same time, usually what comes out of doing something extreme such as this are little nuggets of, uh, of, of advice and wisdom, I, I dare say wisdom, but little things that we can be doing differently uh, that can help us uh, live a better life and, and work a bit better. And, and so that's really the purpose of this one is let's find an extreme um, sort of balance between reflection and doing. You know, we're always doing, doing, doing. What happens when we just spend a week of pure reflection? What, what, what kind of results does that lead to? 
Do you, do you know how Bill Gates conducts his own Think Weeks? I do, but only yeah. because you've told me so many times. Yes, it's it's uh, it's quite. It sounds quite nice, actually. He finds a cabin in the woods. He brings in a private chef, and he spends all the time alone, not connected to the outside world. I don't know if you've looked at me recently, Arden, but I'm I'm not Bill Gates. I, I don't have. 60, 100, and some billion dollars in the bank. I don't understand how he keeps giving out money and he keeps being worth more money. But it's so, so I obviously don't have the same budget. So I found a cheap, all inclusive resort that, that I could go to that looked pretty quiet enough. And I packed a bunch of stuff that Bill usually packs. I packed a bunch of notepads. I packed a bunch of books to read. I, I didn't pack any studies to read because that's most of my days these days is reading studies. And I also came up with a list of problems and ideas that I wanted to incubate. Uh, I packed a fold-up whiteboard, which I picked up from Staples for, I think, about 20 bucks. And I, I brought that, that I kind of stuck to a table inside of the, the resort room and a bunch of markers and things like that. And I spent the days alternating between reading the books and, and journaler, journaling about where I wanted to go this year. And so that was kind of the makeup of my days uh, at, at this resort. A resort instead of someplace quiet? Well, yeah. That, and that speaks to one of the big, I think, uh, honestly, a mistake that I made going into this blind, because there's no real template out there for how we can do a think week. There's no, you know, Bill Gates doesn't say, okay, if you want to do a think week, here's how you do it. Just hire a private chef and find an expensive cabin in the woods. So, so it's really going at this blind. I, on the surface, uh, the, the, the resort was kind of a, a nice idea. Um, so, so like it's a week under the sun, you can spend your days lounging around, but in, in practice, it's quite busy there. Uh, I didn't choose an adults only resort, which was a, a huge mistake on my part. Uh, and so there are kids running around and a lot of people kind of making idle, uh, chit chat, which speaks to one of the, one of the lessons that, uh, came out of this experiment is the the power of solitude, which I think we were talking uh, with Cal Newport about. But uh, after this uh, Think Week and and before it, I've also done smaller Think Week experiments in in the small uh, Canadian province of Quebec, kind of uh, on the countryside, and that was a much better environment. We really need need to find that that level of solitude. Oh yeah, I remember. So in Cal's episode, I think he referenced the the definition from like Raymond Kethledge and Michael Irwin, they, I, they wrote the book lead yourself first, yeah. I think. Um, and they define solitude as a state of in which your mind is free of all inputs from other minds, which yeah. is such a nice, simple idea. Right. Um, and I like that, that kind of definition. Yeah. Because you go throughout the day, no, no mind is an Island. We're constantly connected and interfacing with other people. And so it's so nice to step back and, and reflect on the things that are already in our mind that other people put there and that we put there uh, the, the rest of the time as well. And, and so uh, I think this is kind of one of the keys. And, and we'll talk about different levels of, of think breaks in a little bit. But this is one of the keys to taking a good think week or a good think break or a good think hour, for, for heaven's sake, is you need to find that solitude. Where can you go where you're free from the input of other minds? Uh, a busy resort, not 
not the best for for finding solitude because people like to chit chat because everybody's Which hammered is all nice. day. It's yeah. nice. People are just friendly and they want to talk when they're on on vacation. So yeah. it's not a bad thing. It's just not what you're looking for. Yeah. It, no, no. It's yeah. And I don't mean to say that it's a bad thing overall. But in the case of a of a think break, find something more on the cabin of the wood side of the spectrum than a sunny resort. Or if you're going to a resort, find a place with a bit more uh, a bit calmer, maybe an adult. It's only place, uh, a place where you're going to be free from the minds of other people. Uh, often on a resort, that means ponying up for a more pricey place, which isn't realistic for a lot of people. So the cabin in the woods might be a bit better. Plus, you don't have to go uh, so far as if you're looking at a resort. So another thing you you wrote about in this article that's coming out next week is this idea that we're not as busy. That's as coming we out think- today. Oops. When people listen right. to the podcast. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that we're not as busy as we think we are. And this is similar to what we have already talked about with Laura's findings. But yeah. um, in, in general, I think people overestimate how busy they really are. And yeah. I, I'm totally victim. Uh, I totally do this too. So. Well, that, that's the point. We all are, right? But when when we step back from the work that we do, we realize all the dumb things we're spending our time on. So, you know, a, a really good example for most people is how they do this every New Year's. Um, so we realize that, oh, wait, for the last few months, I've been spending my time on dumb stuff. I've been on Instagram a lot. I've been on Skip the Dishes a lot, ordering takeout. I've been doing all these dumb things. Maybe it's time to realign. Uh, but the idea is we shouldn't only get get a break to think every New Year's. We, we should be getting these breaks um, interspersed with our weeks and months and years. Um, so uh, l- like you said, like we all spend time on dumb stuff, but, but the more reflection breaks we have, the more quickly we're able to notice that we are. Um, you know, Elon Musk spends his time on dumb stuff. Uh, Oprah Winfrey spends her time on dumb stuff. Jane Goodall spends her time on dumb Everybody who's, who's very successful spends their time on dumb stuff. But, but something that I think is true for most of them uh, is that the, the ones who are able to uh, get it back on track more quickly also have that uh, reflection time as well. And you can, you can do this on a much smaller scale than having these huge think breaks, right? I mean, one big thing that we've talked about or, or, and that you talk about in the article is this idea of stepping back from your life and not always getting caught up in it, right? And, yeah. and how that not only makes you more aware of the things you're maybe doing and all these dumb things you're doing. Uh, like, as dumb you say, tasks, dumb, I like that. Dumb tasks. <laughs> um, but also makes you more grateful for the things you have. So I know for myself, I've been journaling now every day, almost every day for the last couple of years. Yeah. And I find that that's just such a nice little break that makes me definitely more aware of all the things going on in my life and the things that I'm really grateful for. And it's a habit now that I really love. Can I tell you an honest truth? I mean, sure. So whenever I sit down to journal, I love the idea of journaling and kind of thinking through my thoughts, but I always find it awkward to journal. Like, do you, do you address your journals to somebody like, hey, dear Arden, or like how, or dear journal, like what voice are you writing your journals in? This always, this is why I don't journal. This is like the one reason I don't journal is I don't know how to address it or make it out to somebody. What is it? I think you're overthinking it. No, like I think you need to like. How do you phrase these? Um, like what so would be an I example of something you'd write? I don't address it to anybody. It doesn't say like dear so and so. 
Yeah. Um, and it's mostly just, there's not really any structure to it. So I'll, I'll just kind of write what's on my mind or what I've been w- working on. Or sometimes it's really just kind of reporting on what I've been up to lately. Is it a list? No. So, I mean, sometimes it's a list. If there are things that I want to think through in a list format, huh. it's mostly just, it's a lot of like reflecting on what's been going on and how that made me feel, I so guess, what, which like, sounds what do you really say? tacky. Wait, but, what do you say? Like, Hey... Today I did this and this happened. Like what it's voice do you write this as, thing in? It's not quite as, it doesn't feel like a scheduler like huh. like you described right there. But yeah. I don't know how I <laughs> Maybe my mind doesn't fit with a journal. Maybe you're going to have to read my diary and find no, out. No, no. That's the one <laughs> book I don't open in, the, in this house. Uh, but yeah, th- this was an unexpected thing that happened uh, over the course of this experiment is the, the when I stepped back, the, the very first Think Week I did, which is still so ever-present in my mind, the one I wrote about in the article, the one in Jamaica, um, I, I remember the immense amount of gratitude that I felt for everybody in my life. All, all of the, like, I, I just remember feeling like the, the luckiest person in the world because when you step back from your family, from your friends, from your loved ones, from you, uh, even you, you you get to reflect on the meaning and the place that all these people have in your life when you take a step back from them uh, when you take a step back from your house from your your turtle who's swimming around in the office here hello edward uh, everybody all our listeners say hi to you uh, you know you become very very grateful for all the things that you have and all the positions that you're in in your life and and you feel like a, a sense of abundance uh, for what you have and and so I know you get that from journaling but th- this is a key lesson and I discovered this during that uh, 10 days of isolation experiment too is the more you step back from your life, the more grateful you become for it. Um, and, and this is something to keep in mind when we're all so busy or, or we have things, maybe dumb things, maybe good things that are occupying our days and, and filling our days to the brim. We have so much to be grateful for and we need to create the conditions for those uh, for those seeds to sprout and, and for, for us to realize the, the beautiful things that we have. Yeah, I think what you're trying to say is we really need to find a balance between doing and reflecting, right? So mm-hmm. the more you reflect, if you spend all of your time reflecting, you just have your head in the sky and you're kind of yeah. not grounded in reality. You're a dreamer. Exactly, which is, I mean, lovely sometimes, but it's not really practical. Yeah. And then if you're, but you spend all your time doing, you really don't work or live with any kind of intention, which yeah. is a big thing you talk about. So I think we need to find some kind of balance in the middle. Yeah, and if if I may say so, like th- those who listen to podcasts are probably they probably have a better balance of these two ideas. But uh, I think on the whole, uh, more people are, are on the doing side of the spectrum than the reflection side of the spectrum. There is a point in between those things that is right for us, um, depending on how intentionally we want to live, uh, depending on how many goals we want to achieve. We need to be able to think about and reflect upon those goals in the first place. And so, like you said, striking that balance uh, between thinking and uh, and doing is so 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 critical. And if you can take one thing away from this podcast today, is that the more deliberately you strike a balance between doing and reflecting, the more uh, productive and deliberate and thoughtful your life becomes. So maybe before we wrap up, we can just kind of highlight how people can incorporate this into their daily lives. Yeah, because it's just not realistic that people are going to be able to take 
week long break. I think that's the only answer here is to (laughs) take off, not talk to anybody in your family. And don't tell anybody you're leaving. Right? And don't tell anybody you're leaving. No, no we're, we're just kidding, worry. guys. We're kidding. Um, yeah. No, I think a big thing. So for me, like this has been something I I can't take a big long week like this, like yeah. you can. Um, but just an hour two here, an hour or two here and there can be insanely helpful, right? Yeah. Um, it might seem a little ridiculous to recommend something as simple as taking breaks, but so many people are focused so much on squeezing as much into their day as they possibly can that I think the idea of taking a break and not doing anything is actually overlooked quite often. And I'm definitely guilty of this myself. I mean, when we did the digital minimalism experiment, I realized how little free time or space I had in between things because mm. I was just filling every moment of the day with something, whether yeah, it white was audiobooks or, yeah. or some kind of audio in my day. It just, everything <laughs> was full of stuff. So uh, ever since then, I've cut out listening a lot to a lot of audio. Like it meant my number of books read in a year has fallen by quite a lot, but yeah. I'm okay with that. But it your means solitude, I have, I have space. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and th- it can be as simple as taking an hour and just walking somewhere and, and walking to the coffee shop and back, and without listening your, to anything. Yeah, maybe even leaving your phone at home, or it could be something as simple as taking off at lunch on Friday someday. And going to a restaurant or going to a coffee shop and and just reading a book that will help you out in your career. Uh, It could be something strategic. It could be a relationship book. Uh, It could be something that will help you live a better life. And bringing a a notebook uh, with you there as well to capture thoughts, to capture ideas, to capture things that you want to do differently. And maybe also to capture a plan for how you're going to act differently after that, that little think break. And the, the the golden rule for any productivity tactic out there, I think, is so reading about productivity or listening to podcasts about productivity or, or living a bit of a better life, um, it's great. But for all the amount of time you invest into doing that, you have to make that time back and then some, right? Because you're reading about productivity. And th- this is the curious thing about a, a think break is that for all the amount of time you spend on that think break, you easily make that time back and then some, even if you take an entire week. Um, you might realize one offhand thought over the course of the think break that, oh, I shouldn't be working on this this project at work. That could save you a month of time. Or I should be pushing back against this. Or I should step up and take on this other project at work. Um, These simple little realizations that come out of reflection time. We don't get enough realizations uh, these days when we spend all our days uh, doing and acting and not thinking and reflecting. And so finding that balance, you know, whether it's simple as cutting out audio stuff to journal uh, one, one evening or, or whether it's as, as big as taking off for a few days to a cabin in the woods. And, and I should say, one, one of the people that I chatted about uh, over the course of, of doing this experiment was Mike Schmitz, who has five kids at home and a wife at home. And, and he does these think breaks occasionally because he finds them so helpful. And he finds that it makes his own life that much richer and his family life uh, that much richer. It makes everybody's life better. Um, and, and he kind of makes up for it by, you know, taking care of the kids the odd weekend while his wife uh, has a ladies weekend somewhere. And so it is feasible to do this on a smaller scale. You don't necessarily need a week, but it definitely is possible. And, and it definitely is uh, worthwhile. I think that's a great place to leave off. Beautiful. So finishing up Becoming Better show 
Dot-com is where you can find the corresponding blog article for this episode. It's a big article. It's, I think it's like a 10 or 15 minute read, uh, but I, I think you'll find some nuggets in there that you wouldn't find on the podcast. So go to becomingbettershow.com or just a lifeproductivity.com. The article should be there if you uh, visit that within a short <laughs> amount of time of listening to this episode. I know we have a lot of people uh, further in time listening to the episode. So Have a wonderful week, and we will see you in a couple of Tuesdays.